What's going on, folks? Ty from BreakerCulture.com. Really excited to have you here for episode 21 of Breaker Culture Weekly, where we break down some of the crazy topics happening in our industry. Uh, this week is no different than any other. We have some very unique things happening from the Allen and Ginter cryptocurrency phenomena to the surprising success of 2018 Panini Chronicles Baseball, which, spoiler alert, I love. I love the product. Uh, we also touch on the 2018 Tops Fire release that, that came out this week, the Target exclusive. Uh, we dabble in that a little bit. And then we cover some uh, topics around uh, baseball. Who, who Who is the hobby rookie of the year? We have six really, really good rookies this year. Who do you think is the hobby rookie of the year? And so Shanine and I talk on that for a few minutes. Um, and then, of course, we touch on some other sports, football. We, we touch on the four products coming out in September and then basketball. Panini Contenders draft comes out this week, and I cannot wait to be opening that with you guys. And we're going to be doing that live on Friday, so be sure to follow us on Facebook um, to see Shani and I enjoy some basketball very early 2018, 2019 basketball. So thank you so much for joining. As always, if you have any feedback, hit us up on social at Breaker Culture or shoot us an email at podcast at breakerculture.com. Enjoy the show. Shani, what's going on, man? Welcome back. Thanks, Ty. I uh, would say I'm happy to be back, but coming back from vacation is not always the easiest thing to do. Easing back in. That's right. You got back late on a Sunday night, right? It was a long day travel, so I know you're probably uh, probably still catching up. So real quick before we dive into it, give us uh, give us the 45-second synopsis. Was it a good uh, – was it worth your time? Refreshing? I mean, vacation's worth time. I mean, yeah, of course, I got to spend time with my kids, with my in-laws, obviously my wife. I will say I have solidified an opinion that cruising is not exactly my bag unless someone else is paying, of course. So if my in-laws want to keep doing this, I'll keep going. But if it's my choice, not so much. I, I would do an Alaskan cruise. I would go to a part of the world that I maybe wouldn't go otherwise without the cruise as a vehicle, but, but uh, yeah, not so much for me. I will do a couple cool things though. Old San Juan is awesome. So if you're in Puerto Rico mm -hmm. and you don't get to check out Old San Juan, um, you're missing out. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm actually happy to be back. By the end of the week, I was ready for it to be done. I'm not exactly happy to start work again, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is, uh, this is your time to not work. I know it's late, but uh, you know, so if you were to pick one place to go, not cruising, where, where would you go? What's the ideal spot for your vacationing? I mean, the easy answer for me is Israel because I've spent a lot of time there. I lived there as an adult and I have a lot of family there. Um, and I, I you know, quick stint for a few days for my sister's wedding. I really haven't had a chance to introduce my kids and wife to Israel so much. Um, but that's a little bit of an easy answer. I would say off the beat, not off the beaten path, but you know, not going yeah. with the easy answer. My favorite place in the world outside of Israel is Amsterdam. Not for the obvious reasons. I know everyone's immediately thinking, oh, he likes to roll up a joint. And Amsterdam is just one of the most beautiful cities with so much to do. And the people happen to be some of the nicest people I think I've ever met in all of my travels around the world. Um, I have not ventured into some of the Asian 
culture parts of the world, like a huge and that's high on my list. Um, but you know, short of having done that, yeah, as far as places I've been where I know I'd love to go back, I actually never number one. Okay. Well, you definitely didn't put that on your job application when you applied for this, so that's good to know. Job <laughs> 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 Oh man, but uh, okay. Well, what about my, you? What's the number one destination for you and your family? We're a big uh, we're big into skiing, so we like to like to mix it up and go to different ski resorts uh, during the winter. It's kind of our ideal thing nice. to do. But well, we also have family uh, kind of all over the place, California and Thailand and some other spots where we can go go view some ocean, uh, some ocean scenery. So yeah, but yeah, we, we we would definitely default to going skiing. In fact, we were just planning out our skiing vacation this past week. So where are you going? Uh, we're going to Steamboat again. We Steamboat's kind of our go-to place in Colorado, Steamboat Springs. So it's kind of a it's like two and a half hours outside of Denver. It's a really secluded spot. It's kind of the the local spot to ski. You go there and you just know you're there to ski and to hang out and just get away from everything. It's really enjoyable. So nice. It'll be uh four of our five will be skiing this year. Which wow, is crazy. So I got them all in ski school. I have for the last few years and three of the four can ski on their own already. This is really fun. So I feel like skiing is one of those things that you really do have to start as a, as a young kid. It helps. At least it's a, it's an enormous advantage at least. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it does. Well, and it was fun last year too, with the Olympics going on. You just, I mean, my kids got super amped up for skiing, you know, they, they were just psyched for watching skiing and then going out to the slopes and skiing. It was perfect timing for building some momentum. So all skiers or any snowboarders, all skiers. I don't have one snowboard. Huh. Yeah. It's kind of funny. We, uh, when my wife's skiing and then there's the three that are skiing now, they're off, you know, all five of us are popping on our skis and we're doing our thing. Yeah. It's fun. Which is good because I, I know nothing about snowboarding. So I, if they wanted to snowboard, I wouldn't be able to help much. So all I can tell you is I used to skateboard as a kid. So when I went out one time with some, friends that were snowboarders i thought ah i'm gonna get this quick and i jumped on a snowboard and two hours later i was more sore than i've ever been in my life and this was in my younger days when i was a bit more athletic you catch an edge on those snowboards and you're just just launched in one direction or the other i had pain in parts of my core that i didn't realize existed for like two days yeah to get out of bed i had to like flip myself onto my stomach and do a push-up because i was not using my core at all yeah, well if that's what it takes to get you to do push-ups then so be it <laughs> <laughs> you're right you are absolutely right well man so it seems like you. a lot happened this past week while yeah we have a lot to talk about as we far do as have a lot to talk about so we uh, we're gonna dig into quite a few things. We're gonna we're gonna jump from some of the Allen and Ginter cryptocurrency craziness that's happening to maybe some of the new products that are coming out. And then I want to pick your brain on who you think the hobby rookie of the year is in baseball. I know you're not the quote baseball guy, but you know enough to be dangerous. And so I'd love to have a conversation about some of the top rookies and maybe not so much from a stats point of view, but who's the hobby rookie of the year? You know so. But what do you want to start with first? What, what sounds interesting to you? I think this cryptocurrency thing is really such a kind of a wild card topic that we've got to jump in with that. Yeah. Yeah. So 
So I know I you got back and I, I sent you a message said, hey man, you see this cryptocurrency stuff. And for those that don't know, Allen and Ginter put out a digital currency card. It's it's normal base card, um, and it's the cryptocurrency card. Uh, and I mean, really, for the first six weeks of release, it was just a normal card. In fact, I had some cards that I tried to sell, thinking people were interested in it when it was released, and I couldn't even sell the cryptocurrency cards. Well, fast forward to about two weeks ago when all the cryptocurrency crazies and the, the the quants and all those guys are over there cracking numbers and they can't they said hey well shoot guys we have a we have a physical digital currency representation card here that tops put out well, let's buy into this again thinking that this is the representation of this digital asset that we have and the last two weeks maybe, maybe the last three weeks the cryptocurrency cards have absolutely exploded and so it kind of blows my mind to be honest. So yeah, I had no clue about this until you mentioned it in the text that you sent me earlier today. And mm -hmm. obviously since then I've done a bit of research and you and I had a bit of a more thorough conversation to bring me up to speed. So my, my first clarifying question, this is one card with all of its variations, the number 83 of the set. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, that's exactly it. Cool. Yeah. So it's not, and it's not a, a digital card a la bunt. It's, it's a digital currency card. as mm -hmm. cryptocurrency, but it's exactly a physical card. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing is folks that we assume, let's, at least I know I'm assuming, I don't know if you know anybody that has expressed interest and had a conversation with you. But as far as I know, we assume that these folks are coming more from the cryptocurrency world, not from within the hobby, and saying, we are imparting value on this card for whatever reason, as you put it, because it's some form of representation of the thing that we find value in. Correct. That's it. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. And they're paying a lot. They're, they're paying a whole crap ton of money for some of these. So so, so there, there's a lot more kind of emphasis in acquiring some of the more SP'd versions of these cards. So a lot of the minis, the AG backs, you know, the Brooklyn's, all of those are getting, I mean, they're getting just out of hand right now. You're, you're talking like a hand number to 25 Brooklyn back that's go, it typically would go for, you know, and a Kuna would go for 60 bucks. The cryptocurrencies are going upwards of five hundred dollars. Um, oh my god! Gold, I, you know how I talked. I think you went in today and grabbed a, you know, you grabbed one of those retail fat packs and end up getting one of those gold borders. And I mean, they, they, that was not it. You couldn't even sell that. You couldn't even sell that. There. And what so, I, and what I didn't mention to you is afterward, I came home and found the Ginter that I had just put together from the packs that I had been opening this year. And rifled through the minis and found one just base mini cryptocurrency. I, I haven't even gone through the full size base yet. Um, so yeah, I have the gold bordered mini that's exclusive to Target rack packs, and the base mini that I already threw up on eBay to see what happens. Nice. Yeah, I did the same <laughs> thing actually. I, I went through. <clears throat> I had already gotten rid of most of my Ginter, but I had. I had a book full of some stuff that didn't sell. And then typically what I do is I stuff that doesn't sell and it's numbered, I'll just put in a box maybe once every two months and I'll send it to uh, Comp C. And I'll oh, just nice. 
let that stuff kind of just sit. <clears throat> so I didn't I didn't send the last couple of months off, and there was a cryptocurrency no numbered mini sitting in my book. So I threw it what up last a, night on wow. eBay, and it's it's already at one hundred and fifty dollars. You know, I could not sell it for a dollar fifty, literally a month ago. So the cryptocurrency folks are really getting behind this, and it's it's. I mean, there's there's a five or six buyers that are kind of the impetus for all the just the inflation. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how this starts to die off over the coming weeks. But uh, the same same point. I mean, a lot of this stuff is drying up. I mean, so it makes you wonder if the prices will continue to inflate because there's just no supply. I, if it's only five or six guys, then. I guess I just have to hope that they're talking to some of their other cryptocurrency friends before they find that they've got what they want and lose interest. I'm just trying to understand, and we're not going to figure this out in this conversation, but what what is – there's a disconnect for me between the value that they're – I don't even know how to ask the question quite honestly. Where is – their interest turning into imparting value into these cards that like you said not long ago you could have grabbed them all up for two three bucks yeah i i mean i it's one of those things where i if you can sit down and actually explain what cryptocurrency is then maybe this will make more sense to you but there's probably only a handful of people in the world that can explain that. <laughs> um, well you did say one thing earlier when we were having a conversation prepping for the past, which was some of these folks might be of the belief that this is like a rookie card for the cryptocurrency phenomenon mm -hmm. in that this is the first true physical representation of this thing that these guys happen to get in early on and make their life's mint on. Mm -hmm. Assuming it doesn't completely tank at some point in the future, which I won't, I don't say that disparagingly because I know anything. I, I would admit readily and quickly that I know very little about cryptocurrency other than to say that it went up like a skyrocket and since then has kind of come, I don't want to say crashing down, but it's below half of what it was at its peak. Yep. Yeah, well, that's kind of the way the cards are working too. <laughs> how how funny, right? There's, there's a, <laughs> Good there's point. A parallel. Yeah. Um, Good point. Yeah, I, I think there is something to that, though. I think you know, there, there's a lot of guys on sitting on the sidelines who've made a lot of money in cryptocurrency, and this is their baby. And maybe this is again, there's their representation by a credible card company, uh, and maybe it's the first of many types of cards coming out, and so. We look back three years from now and we say, hey, remember that cryptocurrency card that came out? People are going to be like, well, shoot, there's been 50 more iterations of it, but that original, that's where it's at. So maybe that's the, yeah. maybe that's where the, the, you know, the, the gravy is in this whole thing. Something we've got to commit to, uh, at least on a cursory level, following a bit long term to see what it turns into. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for folks that are looking to to jump into it, I mean, my my recommendation at this point would be kind of go grab retail because there's tons of fat packs available, and I think they're, I mean, there's the gold borders are fairly short printed. I mean, they're they're not easy to I would, get. I would simply say though, not to 
correct you from the outset, but yeah, it is a correction. You don't want to grab the fat packs. You want to grab the rack packs that have three packs inside that come with a cellophane wrap. The value packs. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. you're right. That's right. packs. So yeah, they come with three gold minis and three packs of Ginther. Now, so yeah. you have to buy those to be able to see those, right? You can't flip them around and look through the back. Is that correct? You cannot flip them around and look through the back. You can tell that people have manipulated the cards inside to try to expose. And I think you might have the ability to see the first of the minis, but that's it. Unless you're willing to risk mangling the minis on top or, or even all three of them in order to expose the other two. I don't see how you'd be able to see all the, you know, again, other than the one on top. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, it's good to know. Yeah. So my recommendation for, I mean, but even so hobby is still, I mean, it's not reflective of kind of the craze of cryptocurrency cards. Hobby boxes are available everywhere. You can buy them on any of the major retailers. They've decreased from their original cost. So if you're looking to chase that stuff, it's out there. Brooklyn back minis, they're they're going anywhere between three fifty and five hundred. There's a, those are the ones hand wow. numbered to two hundred uh, to twenty five. Twenty five, yeah. Yep. Um, some and the by the way, yep. Ginter X came out as a Tops online exclusive from Tops.com. That's sold out immediately though, so it's hard to get that stuff. Oh, they did. Oh, I, I think no within idea. like two minutes. No way. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. God. Yeah. So the highest selling cryptocurrency card is actually one of those red mini parallels. I think it went for a grand, and that's number to five. Uh, yeah. So wow. what you haven't seen is all of the gold bordered one of one, you know, framed minis. Those haven't popped up on eBay yet. They're, they're either being hoarded and stocked, or they just haven't they haven't appeared. So, uh, I, and I'm, I would assume there's a cloth version of this. Huh. Yeah. It'll be really, interesting to keep eyes on. Yeah. Should be fun. Should be fun. The the wood one of one has not popped up. I thought you, <laughs> were, telling a, thought you were telling me a few months back that the wood minis seem to not be added into the product this year. Whether Correct. mistakenly or not. Correct. Yeah, I was kind of just saying that tongue in cheek. Yeah, they haven't. Uh, they haven't popped up. I, I Did think. Did we ever get any clarification? Any any reason why? Did we ever get any information as to was it a mistake on Top's part or? Um, no, I don't think so. I think uh, I think it. They've kind of just blown past it. And if you look through forums and discussions, I think folks are just. I mean. There's the short printed mini woods that are popping out of rip cards, and those are that's typical. But the normal, normal one through three hundred woods have not appeared. So I think it's just one of those issues that it'll just be in the past. That's it. All right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Well, that's it. That's it, man. Cryptocurrency. Go chase some guys. Fun to watch. At least jump on eBay and and check out some of the prices. It's really, really kind of a unique situation in our industry. So in keeping with baseball, we've got a, at least one new product that released this past week, uh, Chronicles, Panini Chronicles. What are your thoughts? I know you opened, what, how much, uh, eight cases, nine cases? 
<laughs> no, that's that's the number of kids I have. No, I opened three cases. I opened three cases. Yeah, three hobby cases. So those are uh, sixteen box cases. So forty eight boxes of Chronicles baseball. Uh, it is by far, by far the funnest product I've opened this year. It is an funnest product in twenty eighteen. That's awesome. Yep, it is. Um, and, and, and the cool thing is, you know, I had both my sons helping me. We were doing some stuff and going through the cards and my oldest son stopped. Actually, my, both my sons stopped and said, dad, I, this is, this is such, this is so fun. Like, I love these cards and I haven't Can heard them say qualify that, that a bit. Like, what, what do you think it is for you and, or for them, whether it's the same thing or different, what makes it so fun? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, kids don't see that it's it's not licensed. They see their player names and they see the, their, the player photos and they think they're right. just perfect cards and they love seeing the numbered cards. And what makes Chronicles so fun is just, it's, there's so much variety. You go from a shiny spectra to a base Chronicles to a cornerstones quad relic auto, you know, you got like such a wide dynamic yeah. flowing through Chronicles and there's just so much action happening that it, I just, it's yeah, it's captivating. It's just a captivating product. You just you sit there and think, gosh, there's just so much good stuff coming out of this. You're just every pack, you're excited about the next one because there's this, you had a really cool card pop up and you want to see what happens in the next pack. So, so I haven't opened any myself or actually physically seen it up close and personal or touched any, but I was in a case and I I, I felt the same way just watching through YouTube and. What I felt was, okay, in this first box, we got to see six or seven different products that were represented. Mm -hmm. I know that there are more. What are they going to look like? And by the time we're four or five, even six boxes through the case, I'm thinking we must have seen everything by now. And then in box seven, another product is represented. In box eight, another one. Yep. It, it, that definitely is an excitement factor that you're not going to get from a lot of different products out there. Uh, we did have a conversation about this uh, probably, I don't know, six months, a year ago. I, chronology escapes me. But when Chronics, Chronicles Basketball came out, mm -hmm. and I think we agreed that it kind of fell short of expectations, but it gave you a taste of what could be when you decide to take all of these different products that maybe didn't make the cut for the given year. Mm -hmm. And in baseball, especially because Panini doesn't have a license, they have all these products that they do put out there for football that could potentially have a home in baseball, but it's not worth it for them to produce that many different products. So they throw all of that into one and it's this amazing grab bag. And I think the fun factor overcomes, at least for some folks out there, you're going to have traditionalists that are never going to get past the lack of a license and the lack of a logo. But for the other folks out there that may be able to get past that, it's a product like this that really helps them find something in there, if not a bunch of different things in there that are appealing to them. Some people may not like the base Donruss or the Panini flagship but 
there's eight products, nine other products that you can get excited about that are represented in this one. That's fun. I don't care what that, that's fun. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's like you said, there is something for everyone. Yeah. You might not like Donruss, but you're going to love the Donruss optic. You're going to love the rated rookies, especially when you start seeing some of the colored parallels come out like that, the select and the prism. They're beautiful. Like the colored parallels are absolutely beautiful cards. So, yeah. So I if I had to, you may not have taken the time to really break it down for yourself, but I'm going to ask you anyway, if there were one or two or even three products that are represented in Chronicles that you consider your favorite, what are they? Uh, I would say first one that comes to mind is the Cornerstone Quad Relic Auto. I think it's an absolutely beautiful card. On card autos, the quad relics, especially when you start getting into the, you know, the SP'd ones, that there's some sweet relics that pop up in those little four little windows. But I love the on card autos. How can you not like Spectra? The Prism autos and especially some of the jumbo relics that are popping up are just they're just sweet. Oh my gosh. But I think um my third would probably be the Probably the rated rookie autos. They're on card. They're glossy. They're beautiful. Something about are rated those, rookies that just they're uh, they're nice. Are the rated rookies based on rust paper or optic? They are optic. That's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I was surprised, man. I, I probably would say most of my three cases there was between forty and fifty percent uh, on card auto versus sticker auto. Really? Yeah. I, I, I expected say, it to be entirely sticker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I expected, you know, one or two on card autos per case, but I mean, you know, you're getting, you're getting about 50 autos and I would say I'm getting somewhere between 20 and 25 on card autos. You're getting 50 autos in a case. That's a, what is it? 16 boxes and you get three autos per. Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Yeah, and, and Panini did a good job. They they uh they didn't substitute points for hits. Uh, I was getting points. In fact, I came away with fifteen hundred points in those three cases, and not one of them replaced a hit. It was just bonus points. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so yeah, there was a lot of things they did. The one thing I think that kind of frustrated me was that I was really looking forward to some of the revolutions. They 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 were on the checklist. They are on the checklist. Not were they are on the checklist. Um, and I haven't seen one revolution pop up for any player. Um, you can check eBay and look at it right now. Um, I was really looking forward to chasing some of the Galactics for some of the players. Huh. That one. So yeah, I, maybe I was, they got wise and they're going to keep that as a standalone product because I think it would do well. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. People have jumped on this whole revolution thing. It's it's exciting. It's a good product. Yep. Yep. So. Anyway, man, big fan of Chronicles. I would say in terms of ROI, and I was mentioning this to you earlier, I think it's going to do better than people think. The problem is uh, it just takes time. This is one of those, like, you have to list quick. You have to uh, you have to pay attention to the way you list more so than no normal, and you got to just knock out the parallels. Help me understand what that means. Pay attention to the way you list. What is a... What do you think is the best way to list Chronicles? Well, so for instance, right, here's some perspective. Case number one, uh, I pulled 39 Otani cards. 
I pulled wow. 31 Ronald Kuna cards. Uh, 20 Torres, 14 Andujars. So, I mean, you're talking, you're, you're walking away from each case with a hundred plus of all the big name rookies. Soto's 15 to 20 each case. So you got to think, think through how you're going to list that stuff. If you're, if that's what you're doing, ripping listing and trying to pay for your case, you need to throw some lots together, be wise about the way you package together <coughs> parallels with some of your base. Um, there's a lot of value there. It's just a matter of, you can't be, you can't do what everyone else is doing. So yeah, it's uh cause yeah, cause the same person that's ripping their case are coming away with 40 Otani's as well. And your right. Donris Otani, although you're going to list it for nine ninety five, is not going to sell for nine ninety five. It's going to sell for $2. So package it with some other things and create some. So value. off the top, I think that would make me think, and probably some of our listeners think that that means it's a fairly watered down product and very top heavy as far as the, those five rookies that you mentioned. But when you think about it, and, and, and look, it probably is a bit watered down, but when you think about how many, you know what, I don't think we actually made that clarifying statement. How many different products are represented in products? Um, so I believe there is 11, but you, I can double check that. Yeah, minus yeah. revolutions, so maybe 10. Minus revolutions, I, I think there's 12 minus revolutions. Okay, uh, but I but I'm totally this. That's off the cuff. I, I'm not quite sure. I, the point I'm trying to make though is that there are 11 products represented in the product, and you said you had 40 Otani's in a case. Mm-hmm. Yep. So across, I mean, so ultimately you probably have a few more in the base flagship Panini product or in the Donruss paper. And then it's getting increasingly slim as you get to the products that are not as heavily printed for Chronicles. So a good two-thirds of those Otani cards that you're talking about are represented in a more higher end, like a Spectra or a Cornerstones or what have you. So the truth is it might seem watered down at first, but there's actually a pretty decent amount of value when you talk about having that many different Otani's, Akumi's, Albi's, Torres. Yes, everyone else is getting all those different ones, but there are parallels within there too. So all it takes is one guy that's interested in building the rainbow from Spectra, and that's not going to be the easiest thing to do when you get down to the lower numbers. Totally. Uh, so. I believe I just counted 18. Products? <laughs> yeah. You're kidding me. So – Yeah. That actually makes my point even more solidified in that, yes, it is somewhat watered down. I'm not going to actually gloss over that. There's no reason to. It is, we'll watch one case broken on YouTube and you'll see that it's a bit watered down. But when you start to think about it being spread across 18 different products, that's actually crazy. I for sure did not necessarily pay close enough attention to see all 18 products or even know which they are. That, that is crazy. The, you, and you're exactly right. As I look at them, there is 18, 19 with Revolution. Um, yeah, I would not have guessed that many. So I guess to in some of that kind of, like, this kind of blend together, I feel like, right? It's, it's, it's kind of sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between uh, the Donner's Classics and the, uh, you know, the Donner's Rated Rooker Optic, right? So 
yeah but that's interesting though i mean it's it's truly a a a true hodgepodge basically they didn't leave a stone unturned any product that they had put out there for football has some representation in chronicles for baseball yep i think it's fun i do too i i i I left thinking this is the funnest product I've opened and after listing and, and kind of taking a couple of days to think through it and see the results, I stand by it. Incredibly fun product, license or not, I would go back to Chronicles over and over again. Side note, you can't find the product anywhere right now. It's sold out in the secondary market. You cannot get it. Um, so Whoa. yeah, it's, it's, it's done really, really well. It is a breaker it's a perfect breaker product. I mean, you couldn't yeah. come up with a better breaker product. I mean, outside of a, you know, super high end that is only made for breakers. This is just a perfect breaker product because of all the craziness that goes into it. There's so many good hits. Um, they did well. Chronicles. It's a winner. It's a winner in my book. So aside from Chronicles, as far as base horses is concerned, we have a delay with Bowman Chrome, but it's not something that I'm fully understanding or aware of. So what, what is the actual information? Do, do we know how long it's delayed for? Yeah, well, I think I think the signs were kind of pointing to a delay. Uh, you weren't getting any information on the checklist. It was supposed to be released this week, this upcoming week. And uh, I mean, no information on the checklist at all. You couldn't find anything on Instagram with people signing outside of a few names. It, I think people expected it. So it got pushed back to the last week of September. Is what it what it's at now, which is going to be did absolutely. You expect it? I I did expect it. Yeah, I did. Um, Why? What what made you expect it? Archives being delayed? No, I I I just with their flagship product like that. If you're not seeing checklists and stuff like that within two weeks, or any information about it, then I think you're that's a pretty good sign that something's getting ready to happen. And like we talked about a couple weeks ago, this is just part of the hobby. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of call ups. There's a lot of important rookies they need. They can't afford to throw in twenty percent redemptions. So I think Tops is probably trying to do it right. Definitely creates an interesting kind of a dynamic in in September because you have you have a pretty congested back end of September. So you, at beginning of the month, you know we have you obviously have Tops Fire, which we can talk about here in a second. It's kind of a, one of those we'll forget about in a week anyway. Um, you got Luminaries coming out the 7th. You got Bowman High Tech the 12th. You got Heritage High Number coming out the 14th. And the following week, you got Triple Threads 5-star. And the week after that, you got Heritage Minor League Gold Label. You got the Archives Hobby. And you got Bowman Chrome. Like some, some, there, something's got to wow. give here. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Tops kind of balances all this. They're going to no doubt push some of those back which ones those will be it'll probably end up being one of those like a five star or triple threads but there's no way they're going to push heritage high numbers back they just can't do another flagship like that so what i like like when i hear you kind of list all of that out for me it makes me realize that pretty consistently i'm gonna have a lower to mid-end product at a good price point to keep my interests high and not always just waiting 
for a high-end product to work its way through. Yeah, uh, I like that. Uh, I think Tops does a better job than most at mm -hmm. really appealing to the collector that's looking for a lower to mid-end price point and a product that has hits potentially, obviously. I am very interested in hits, but also interested in collecting for either set or team set type of interests. Whereas other companies do a better job at mid to higher end products and their price point tends to be more in that direction throughout the year more heavily. Um, so that's something I, I just really do appreciate. Even though baseball is not even my number one, uh, I appreciate that about tops and kind of how they, you said before in a podcast a few months ago, how they really do have a good pulse on the ebbs and flows of the year in the collecting highs and lows throughout the year. Now we're talking about delays and that obviously does mess with the calendar quite significantly. Um, but you know, I just felt compelled to mention that the likes of Fire, Bone Chrome, Archives, Heritage, they're all cards that, that are, I should say, product lines that uh, I really find appealing and at a price point that I can stomach. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I think, you know, we don't talk about this enough. I mean, baseball is one of those sports that's just it's just different than football and basketball with the call-ups and the minor league system that kind of flows throughout this long season. It's hard. It's right. hard for tops to kind of continue to feed out products and plan ahead and, and try to fit in guys. So you give them credit, right? They're trying to figure out ways to do it. And, and if they're delaying a product because they're trying to give us a player or two that we didn't have in the products before, then credit to them. Right. I mean, I'll take that all day long, and that's just kind of the the nature of the game of baseball, and that's kind of one of the things that we all love about it. So, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. All right, let's take a let's take a minute to thank our sponsors, and we'll get back at it with uh, Tops Fire and Hobby Rookie of the Year. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. Well, folks, if you are selling anything on eBay. You've got to be using a tool called InkFrog. InkFrog is a tool that I've used for almost three years now. It is an absolute lifesaver. Uh, it does everything from helping you create listings, schedule listings, modify, manage all the things in your store, all your active listings, and it does it in a very intuitive interface. It has literally saved me thousands of dollars um, over the last three years. It saved me hundreds of hours from just having to manage things, and it's helped me create auctions and listings that have sweet looking templates. It's organized things very, very smoothly for me. And if I had a breaking business, which I don't, but if I did, I'd be all over InkFrog because it helps me synchronize everything on my website, whether it's a Shopify site or WordPress site, it helps me synchronize everything I have going on, on eBay as well. So folks, if you list cards by yourself, you list cards with the business, or if you run a group breaking business, you better the heck go check out InkFrog. And the best part is 30 days free if you go to breakyourculture.com forward slash inkfrog, I-N-K-F-R-O-G. It'll be well worth your time. Check it out. Back to the show. All right, we're back. 
Okay, man, let's let's finish up baseball here. So Tops Fire came out this week. That's a Target exclusive release. Uh, you and I both grabbed some last couple days. What, what do you think? What's your initial reaction to Tops Fire? My initial reaction is that it's a fun rip. There's not going to be a lot of great secondary value. However, we talked about the auto checklist. And there were definitely some interesting chases. I think you mentioned a triple auto. Uh, um, uh, who was it? Otani, Trout, and Pujols. Upton. I think Upton was in there. Yeah. Upton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously with a great rookie class, just about any product is going to have some value. Right. Uh, I opened two blasters and a few rack packs. Or not rack packs, but fat packs. Um, not a single hit other than a Chris Bryant relic with a pinstripe out of 25. Um, so, I mean, not a horrible hit. It's decent, but no, I, it was tough. I, I haven't pulled an auto. Um, so, I wonder if the blaster and fat packs are going to be, uh, you know, laden with hits. Or those collector's boxes are really going to have all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not seen the collector's boxes yet, but you seem to have grabbed a few already. Yeah, so I swung by a Target here in Kansas City. There was four collector's boxes, and then I, I, I snagged those, and I snagged just a couple of blaster boxes. That's the extent of what I'm going to do with Top Spire. I just wanted to check it out for the sake of the show. Um yeah, so there's two guaranteed hits in the in the collector's box, 70 bucks. At least one of those hits is going to be an auto. Uh, in one of my boxes, I actually had two autos. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're sticker autos. That The cards look cool. Um, there's a couple fun, I guess you could say, parallels. Um, you know, the, the red fires and all that stuff are pretty fun to look at. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, the base is a glossy paper. And the parallels have like a, a foil sheen Correct. going on. Yep. Um, yep. I think it's a polarizing product in that you know there are some people that look at that kind of car design and hate it. And I get it. I understand you, you're either a bit more of a traditionalist or you know you, you, you're okay with a product that doesn't look traditional, but it can't vie too far away from what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. Fire is one of those products, as we often talk about, there's something out there for everybody. And so if you're into that card that has a bit more of an artistic feel to it, then this is potentially something for you. Yeah, I, it's just one of those, I think it takes you back to the mid-90s, uh, mid to late 90s, when I could think of all kinds of fun NBA products that kind of had these designs. And as a kid, I loved them. You know, I showed these to my kids as well. I, I let them open the blasters, and they were they were intrigued. I wouldn't say they were all about it. I think maybe at heart they're traditionalists because that's what their dad is. But yeah, they uh, it's definitely appealing. It's it's eye catching. This is I I can see why every year I'm reminded of this. Why we forget about this product a week later. It's just a forgettable product. Yeah, it's true. So. This is the kind of product that I have to remind myself to be disciplined about because I enjoy it, but I don't really need to keep everything that I rip because I don't have the space or, you know, the willingness on the family front to (laughs) take up yet another room with more and more shoeboxes. But 
I have fun with it, so I end up going after a few here and there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I probably I probably need to pump the brakes already. Yeah, well, yeah, and I, th- I was telling you this earlier. This is one of those products that's every once in a while we'll just we'll put it together an entire set. We'll put them in the binders and the nine cards, uh, you know, pages. This would be one of those sets that'd be really fun to have in there. Flip through with your friends and see all, all right. the cool cards. It's super colorful, so we, we actually might do that together um, just for fun, especially with the great rookie class. It'd be kind of fun to have that. So anyway. Sure. Enough of Tops Fire. Get it at Target. Uh, we have a product page available in Breaker Culture. All right. Let's round out baseball with who is your hobby rookie of the year? There, there's In my mind, there's six players in contention for the actual rookie of the year. You got Ronald Acuna. You got Juan Soto. You got Miguel Andujar. Um, you got Glaber. You got Shohei Otani. And I would even throw Harrison Bader on that list. Would you? I man, I tell you what, it's fun. I I actually think he leads in WAR amongst those six. Players. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Um, they're they're kind of all across the spectrum in terms of who leads and what with statistics. The guy who I think's the most underrated in all of those is is Miguel Andujar. For some reason, the guy just doesn't get a lot of hobby love. He, of course, he's a Yankee, and he's going to get a little bit of an inflation in terms of his price. But he doesn't sell for as much as Glaber, which I, just blows my mind. And he doesn't sell nowhere near Soto or or Acuna. So, I don't know. Atani obviously leaves everyone in dust just because of his namesake in Japan. He has, he has an entire country. So that's how I was going to approach this. Right. I, that's how I was going to approach this question with saying it's clear that Otani is going to be the leader of the pack in this hobby ROI conversation, ROI conversation, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so, so let's kind of leave him off the list and have a discussion about these other guys. I would, <clears throat> I would say there's a couple of different ways that you can skin this cat. Acuna seems to me to have risen to the top and has had a few performances that kind of speak to why. And when you follow his secondary market value, has probably been the most consistent. Of course, Torres has done extremely well. And therefore, I would probably put Acuna at the top of the list. However, in terms of Looking at it from a different angle, it's Soto that's going to have, in the end, the least content out there because we didn't see anything until archives. Tops Fires is only second base rookie out there. And I assume he has some hits in there, although I am not certain of it. So in, in terms of Hobby Rookie of the Year, Soto actually represents a really interesting piece to the conversation just because of rarity and the fact that you're just going to have so much less of his stuff out there Hmm. to chase. So what is there seemingly should be a bit more valuable. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you you have the 
that, that's that's an interesting dynamic to discuss because you're right. Soto does not have a lot of stuff out there, so it's not even really a fair comparison in terms of a hobby discussion. Um, I, I will say that I think the idea of Soto in a product has been really important to the sales of some of the upcoming products. So I think even leading into archives and leading into Tops update and, and probably heritage high number, the idea of Soto in there, not the you know the confirmation, is probably driving up prices 15, 20%. So there's a there's an excitement about Soto right. that I think is really kind of <clears throat> just there. Um, and you're right, Acuna has just been dominating. Acuna's only 20, Soto's 19. Maybe the reason Andahar is just not getting a lot of hobby love, per se, is just he's 23 years old. But, I mean, the dude's... I think it probably has dominated. more to do with... Yeah, I, I think it, it likely has more to do with being on a team with another high-profile rookie in Torres. And, you know, how many teams could sustain the support? Yeah, Yankees are probably one of them that can sustain and support uh, more than one high-profile rookie. But one of them has to take a backseat to the other. And clearly, Torres is number one out of those two. Right. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if you're looking at those f- six rookies, we'll throw in Otani back in this mix. I mean, what, what, are the, what are the top three that you're investing in right now? And maybe not so much for the next three months, but for this time next year, which which of these three do you think has the most hobby value? Give me the, mm. give me the top three. Otani, Acuna, and Soto. I mean, we just talked about it. I, it's hard for me not to put Torres there. Um, I just stick to what I said earlier, which is because Soto has, in the end, Soto will have the least amount of content on the market for his rookie year, that inflates his value. Otherwise, if all things were equal, I'd probably put Torres third and Soto fourth. Okay. Okay, yeah. I, I think I'm with you on that. I think I'm with you. Yeah, I, I do struggle a little bit with Otani and his injuries and stuff. I think there's, he's, there's just so much excitement built into his price already but I don't know if next year we think yeah his rookies were a good investment uh, I, oh, I, it depends on when you made the investment yeah that's fair that's fair if you made it in the last if few if you weeks, made the investment yeah. early then no I think you jumped in at a high point and you're probably wishing you had waited mm-hmm. post injury you probably got a good deal he had a three-run home run the other night. And just one performance like that, you see a spike in his value. Right. Um, and 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 he'll and so he's doing if he was just hitting the way he's hitting and being Japanese with an entire country behind him, <laughs> it'd be all right. Knowing that he's gonna end up coming back to pitching. Yeah, I, again, it depends on life. Hmm. If you bought high, yeah, you're not. It's hard for me to imagine the guy coming close to justifying those prices in the near term. Long term, career type 
the numbers, that's a different story. I, I find it extremely difficult to weigh in on whether or not a guy is going to have the kind of long-term career that justifies certain prices. I would certainly say, as I already have, and I'm being somewhat redundant, but you know, it bears to mention, if you bought early, you definitely bought too high. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. It is what it is now. Um, with that wrinkle, in the, I will say with that wrinkle in the conversation, you might put Otani third and the other guys further up because there was a period of time and a longer period of time where you could have grabbed the other guys at a lower price point. Yep. And then they started growing from there. So if you were one of those guys that did that, good on you because those – Akuna stuff was just going up and up and up. Yep. Yep, that's true. Yeah, you you had an opportunity to grab Akuna. You had an opportunity to grab a lot of Torres stuff, and and you still have an opportunity to grab a lot of Andujar stuff. So, <laughs> um, the guy who we have Andujar is about. probably the buy, right? I mean, based on what you said and what we know of his potential ability, he's probably the buy right now. Yeah, I would say so. I would say he is the buy right now. Um, you know, you, you you could if if we were to start picking out some guys that maybe are uh, maybe investment worthy. Uh, I think maybe you start looking at guys like Reese Hoskins. Maybe you look at you know Harrison Bader. You might even throw a guy like Brian Anderson in there from Miami, who's just he's putting up some kind of some subtly really good numbers. He's um, quietly crushing it. Yeah, the guy's batting two seventy eight and jacking what ten home runs already. So yeah, the guy's he's having a solid season. So yeah. I, I completely forgot about Reese Hoskins, by the way, and that's not a name to forget. I think he has serious potential upside. I mean, in part we already have seen his popularity and secondary market values grow significantly. But consider the six that we considered and I would I, personally, I'd put Hoskins, even though you made the point about Bader having the number one war, I'd put Hoskins in front of Bader. Yeah, so so the thing with Hoskins is I don't he's not considered a rookie this year, right? I mean, in the hobby he is, but from a major league standpoint, I think he played enough last year to be considered a rookie last year. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, but his, but his cards all have the RC shield on them, right? Correct, right. Yeah, so all of his cards this year have rookie. because all see his... that matters. That's true. That's true. Yep. Yep, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he jacked 18 homers last year in 50 games. He's at 123 games this year, and he's already jacked 27 homers, batting 254, slugging 500. So he's just uh, he's doing his thing over there in Philly. That's, that's the thing. I, I might even bite my tongue and eat my own words immediately after having said them. I like Reese Hoskins. However, being in Philly maybe hurts him, whereas Bader being a Cardinal probably helps him. Yeah. As far as hobby love is concerned. Yeah, well, Bader's an interesting guy to, to, to follow because, I mean, he's kind of known for his defensive metrics. And... I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are in defense. It just doesn't mean it doesn't translate to hobby value. 
he's kind of surprising people by being an above average offensive player. So it's it's kind of fun to watch Bader, and he's 24 years old. So to see what he does in the next season or two will be really interesting. Really interesting for sure. So next year's gonna be fun, man, with Juan Soto coming out with a lot of his true rookie cards, and then you got the potential of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. popping into some cards, who's absolutely just he's making the minor league system look like literally real series. You know, he's just crushing it. So that, that's gonna yeah. be fun. But enough of baseball. Let's move on. Let's talk about another fun release coming out this week: contenders draft picks, basketball. You buying? You excited? You passing? What's your take? Too early for nineteen. I don't love the collegiate product for basketball, but because I am such a basketball fan and can't wait, I'll definitely find myself getting involved in some breaks, looking for like you know half case to jump into and grab like two or three teams. Um, yeah, I'm excited. There are a few rookies that I, I'm just super pumped about and. I'm definitely going to go after my kid loves Colin Sexton and he's already begging me to make the two hour drive over to Cleveland to catch him in a regular season NBA game. Um, So we'll, yeah, yeah. yeah, We'll be going after Cleveland a bit, which is a weird thing for anybody from Pittsburgh to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, again, I, I don't, I don't hate, on the collegiate products, when there's a guy from an alma, my alma mater, I'm excited about it. So I totally understand why, in your case, you would get excited about a Michael Porter Jr. out of Mizzou. And, you know, other folks get excited about their alma mater or the team that they love, whoever, whichever. Um, I'm just excited about particular individual guys. Yep. Sexton is one. Doncic is another. Off the top, I'm actually transitioning from baseball to basketball. I'm, I'm showing my senior moment here. Other than those two, and I know you're really into Michael Porter Jr., let's throw out a couple other names for listeners to think about with this being kind of a, the big first release. Well, I mean, there's the, obviously the big names, right? You got the Marvin Bagley's, you got the Jaron Jackson's, you got Mo Bamba. Trey Young, uh, I mean, you got the number one pick, DeAndre Hayton. So, I mean, there, there's those Hayden. guys. Uh, I, I, the checklist hasn't come out yet, so to be fair, I don't really know who the autos are going to be. I'm assuming most of the guys are going to sign. You've seen some of the kind of the quality control stuff come out from Panini, and it looks great. I love the fact that there's a lot of on-card autos. They end up getting a lot of the rookie premier signatures um, during that photo shoot, so I think that's going to be that's going to add to some value. I also like that they're, they're adding a couple new concepts where they're doing, um, how, what are they calling it? It's, it's, it's kind of the dual from pro to co- from college to pro. They're doing a, like a Donovan Mitchell in his college jersey and then his pro jersey and then they're having his autograph beneath it. I think it's a really cool concept. This kind of combined that is cool. kind of a, it's, this is a transitional product from kind of off season to the beginning of the season that's a good way of doing it. And I think it kind of draws a little bit more excitement for getting autos outside of the, the draft picks and getting some of the, the big names. You got Lonzo Ball in there. You got Donovan Mitchell in there. You got uh, Jason Tatum in there. So it, it, that, that's going to add some fun. And of course, you got the cracked ice. 
Doesn't matter what, if it's in college uniforms or pro uniforms, cracked ice autos are just plain awesome. So, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell I'm excited? Yeah, I can tell you're excited. And I fully understand why. I'm not as excited as you. I don't have as much of a stake as you do in a guy like Michael Porter Jr., but I fully understand why. And I'm still, nonetheless, excited for a few different guys, and we'll try to get involved a little bit. Um, so I, I like, what I like about what you just mentioned, by the way, in that they're, have, they're infusing that concept of a guy in both his college and pro uniform is for those folks that really don't like a straight collegiate product to bring in some of the NBA flair is a really good idea and maybe will appease some of those folks out there that, yeah, I'm really happy that Kevin Knox is in New York now, but I can care less about him in the blue and white Wildcats uniform. So maybe there's still some Knicks content that you can see out there, whatever it might be. I think that's a good idea on Panini's part. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I think it'll be interesting to see if it's received well by the, uh, uh, the traditionalists, as you would say, but I, I think it. Uh, I think it'll be good. I think folks are kind of ready. I mean, at least I am. I'm so tired of seeing 2017-18 NBA products. Don't get me wrong; it's a great draft class. I'm okay with pulling Donovan Mitchell cards, but we're ready. I mean, the, the preseason starts in three weeks. I, I take that. I take that back. They report to camp in about three and a half weeks, so we're getting to that point where we should start thinking about the next season. <laughs> Well, aside from the mock-up for contenders, Panini sent something out today as well for hoops. So that'll be on the heels of contenders, and you will have NBA gear and and photos and everything you're looking for if you're more of that traditionalist coming on the heels of this this contenders release. Yep, that's true. Yeah, hoops hoops comes out uh, October 24th, so we're looking at we're still kind of I mean it's six weeks away. That's actually seven weeks away. So you got some. I didn't realize that. So I made the assumption. That's my fault. I just made the assumption that since I saw something out there today from Panini about hoops, that it was a lot closer than it is. So yeah. So the the way I always think about hoops is hoops usually releases within a week of season kickoff. Okay. Season tip off. So around Thanksgiving. I mean around uh, uh, um, Halloween. So Halloween. Yeah. Halloween. Yep. Um, so I'm proposing something here. How about this? How about uh, you and I maybe jump on a video and uh, we do a, a little break together of Contenders Basketball on Friday? And I'll, and I'll do my best to get you as excited as I am about this product. What do you think? I, I'm all about it. I would love to. I, all right. Yeah. Okay. I just pray that you end up pulling a Michael Porter cracked ice so that you don't, you don't end up crying. Yeah, that is that is true. And for those that have not listened to our previous episodes, I will be super collecting Michael Porter Jr. My boys love the guy. We're Mizzou family. If you get Michael Porter Jr. Auto anytime in any product this year, I need to be the first guy you think of. So that's all I got for you. <laughs> Shameless plug. That's right. Well, cool, man. So that's we have a basketball. Lot. That's basketball. We got a little bit of football. To take us through some football stuff. So this past week, and even actually the release was late last week, um, was Origins. 
uh, or better known as Inception 2.0. <laughs> I mean, 1.5. 1.5. It is exactly the personally. Same. It's similar to the conversation we had about fire, and that you've got it's not as wild of a take on sports cards and, and being kind of artsy and flashy as fire is, but it's got that artistic bent to it. Kind of, you know, the, the faded painted look. Um, I've always liked it, but it's always been kind of a secondary market dud. So I don't know what it's doing so far. It's been about, I think it's been about a week, maybe a little bit over a week that it's been out there. Uh, and just looking at the guys that I tend to follow in the Steelers rookies, I would say it's kind of consistent with years past. Um, I think potentially the problem is that the base autos are not numbered and watered down the product significantly. Uh, and that goes not just for the just base auto, but also for the base patch auto. And some of these patches look pretty good, but you're reminded pretty quickly that they're all rookie, rookie premier jerseys, nothing game worn, just player worn stuff. So, you know, for some folks that doesn't matter. They just like what a good patch looks like other folks. And I would probably include myself in this category player worn when you know that they just threw on a hundred jerseys while standing there at the rookie premiere and then for to cut them up. It's hard for me to get too excited about that. Mm -hmm. Just personally. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, I, I really do struggle with it. I think, um, I, I guess it doesn't matter sometimes when you get a sweet, sweet patch when it's cool. But when it's just a, you know, tissue in there, you're kind of like, whatever, man, this is, this is, this is dumb. Exactly. Um, so I would, and I would agree if I get a super nice patch with, you know, a piece of the Steelers low pumped, I don't care if it was just, you know, from a sock, but that's few and far between. <clears throat> I like origins. Uh, and one thing I like that they started last year, they're doing again this year is the booklets and particularly the vertical booklets, not the long horizontal booklets. Um, some of them are just one subject where you have <clears throat> the player, his photo and an auto and on the other half, a big patch. Uh, and then other booklets are two subjects and you, you're obviously getting the dual auto out of that. Um, I like that. And then actually there are some booklets also consistent from last year where there's anything from, I think the two that I already mentioned up to even eight subjects. So eight different autos on a booklet. Um, just some cool content. I, I agree. I mean, I think it's a cool product. Uh, I think it's uh can't deal with the double zero jerseys. It's more frustrating to me than I can get past. So <clears throat> it is frustrating. I have noticed that there doesn't seem to be much rhyme or reason as to when a player gets the double zero treatment versus his actual number. Um, some players have it. Some players don't. I, I even noticed that some players have it in a certain subset, but then have their actual number in another subset. But yeah, the, the, all of these things are what I do believe add up to 
why Origins can be a bit of a fun product but does not retain its value ultimately. So my recommendation is hold off and you're going to find pretty good deals on singles. If you jump into a break, you're doing that for fun and I wouldn't recommend waiting on that because if you do, they're not, there, there won't be many breaks after next week anyway. Um, right. But yeah, it's, you're, you're going to find good deals on origin stuff if it's something that you like a month or so from now. Right. No doubt. So we've got four new products. You threw, <laughs> threw up a Twitter poll. I did. That ultimately resulted in folks telling us that they like which of the four products coming out in September. So yeah, so for folks that don't know, uh, Absolute comes out next week, the 5th, Spectre the 12th, XR the 19th, and Impeccable the 26th. I threw a question out a couple days ago about which of these four September releases are you most excited about? Which one do you think folks are most excited about, Shani? Uh, well, if I were basing that off of my own level of excitement, it would be for Impeccable. But I would guess that people probably put Spectre number one. Mm. You have such a good read on people. So impressive. Yes, 35% of people said Spectra was the product they're looking forward to the most. There was a tie for second, XR and Impeccable, both at 30%. And coming in on a whopping 5%, Absolute. People don't care about Absolute. Tell me why they should care. Well, I haven't done a ton of research or any for that matter. Here's what I'll say. It's not that great of a product. It's a fun stopgap between releases, and it has a couple of potential subsets if Panini throws them in from years past. One of the things I loved, I believe the last time it was in there was two years ago, 16, maybe even 15 were the helmet pieces. At what we know about Absolute is it's a memorabilia-heavy product. Um, unfortunately, the, the base memorabilia cards tend to be the one-color napkin type of things. But uh, the, the, the parallel that I'm referring to, or the subset, I should say, that I'm referring to is called head-to-toe. So generally speaking, it would you know have a piece of memorabilia or th- it would have three or four pieces of memorabilia mm-hmm. from the helmet to the cleats. And I personally thought that those helmet pieces, you know, you touch it, it feels different than the typical patch. It's shiny. Um, I always felt that they could do a better job of taking a piece of helmet with a logo. And really, that would really pop. Um, so there's there's one subset, if you will, to get excited about if you like that kind of memorabilia like I do. The other is... I don't remember the last time they did this upset, but in absolute for other products, namely basketball, they they do put the next day auto into absolute. And that has the most value out of absolute for basketball. We know that it's not always transferable from basketball to football, but there usually is at least one auto subset that is on card for rookies and has like I said, the, 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 the most rarity and the most value. Um, so there's there's two subsets out of the product that add some value and could be exciting. But I'm not going to fake the funk here. It's generally speaking 
the fourth out of those four products. There's no question about it. But it also tends to be a little less expensive, so you just might jump in once or twice for your team or a random, and it won't break the bank, and you might just get something cool out of it. Um, it's not a it's not a total dog is what I'm trying to say. There are total dogs out there, and I'm the first to say it when there are, but I wouldn't say absolute. It's a total dog. Okay. This year remains to be seen. We haven't cracked any. We haven't seen any. Mm-hmm. So I may change my tune once I see it. But I already bought the Steelers in a half case earlier today. That may be all I buy, or I might be looking for more after okay. I see that. Well, who knows? Yeah. Who'd you buy with? I'm, uh, Rip Kings out of Uh-oh. Chicago. Nice. Old Faithful. Tom. Good guy. Uh, I would say, for me, Impeccable has a both a classy and an art kind of blend to make what I think is a really awesome card. I think they pull out great vet and legend subjects for it and you get a lot of great auto and hit content out of it i don't know why it doesn't garner more hobby love maybe it's just because people love specter so much that in a poll looking at just those four it it it's a distant second but to be tied with xr completely confuses me to be perfectly honest i don't get it uh, I don't even remember what XR is. I could not tell you what XR is right now. So I should probably look it up. But honestly, I don't really care because I don't think it's a product I'm going to get into anyway. So we're going to let it go. And we're going to wrap this thing up because we have two more interviews coming out this week with a couple awesome breakers. We'll uh, we'll release that here in a couple of days. We'll have a good night. Let's, uh, let's pick this back up here on the weekend when we have a couple interviews coming up. Enjoy awesome. Sounds good, man. All right, take care.